Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hair Razor Podcast. I'm back. Let's get started. That's right, we're back at full strength. We got Rhino in the room, we got Phil in the room. Rhino just got done doing some uh, extermination of some muskrats outside some, the house. Some sort of wild animal. So yes, so we're obviously, I was down in Arizona uh, for a week, enjoying the sun and the... Uh, Quarantine and made it back without getting put on a fourteen-day quarantine a nice here. Tan too. I mean, it's just the 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 hair, the tan. Looks like you've lost about I don't know a hey, lot of a lot of lbs. The lbs are up there. Arizona uh, was good to you. It was good. It was wonderful. A lot of golf. Uh, so we had a neighbor put out a story about a muskrat. They heard scratching at their bottom window. And uh, she didn't think anything of it. And all of a sudden, heard some more scratching. Dog came over, and she looked over in the sump pump area, and there was a muskrat. Yep, the muskrat actually went from their window well. It got in the house. It went from the window well into the, uh, what do they call that, the storm tile. Yeah, the drain uh, tile. Yep. Drain tile. It went through the drain tile, uh, decided to come out in the sump pump, and it was just chilling out by the sump pump. Well, yeah, at least muskrat a, Sally. What can a muskrat do to a house? Any, I mean, oh, I was. I guess it was muskrat just, can do a lot of things inside of a house. You know what it makes me do? Sell it. That's what <laughs> I would do. It isn't a ghost. No. So they had animal control come and they got the little bugger. So today uh, the kids were out uh, shooting hoops and playing football. Connor decided to try to hide from my youngest McKenna. Uh, jumped down in a window well, and as he jumped down, he jumped directly up because he thought there was a muskrat in there. And he looked over, and there was two in there, both dead. Uh, he was chuck- We were chucking rocks at it. Things did not move. They must have been dead for a while, but it looked like a one tried to take out the other for mere survival purposes because it did not look pretty. But, yep, the muskrats are no longer in the window well. Well, it's a good thing it didn't do anything to their house because when I heard that story, I got this story. I just happened to have it with me. January 6, 2020, out of Atlanta, Atlanta couple comes home and finds their house has been ransacked by a squirrel. Hmm. So, house is a mess. Floors are scratched up. Baseboards chewed. Kitchen faucet is running. And they found out that the squirrel had fallen down their chimney and was trapped in the house. Destroys the house. Do you think insurance covers a squirrel trapped in the house? Is this is this Funny Farm or, no, or I know uh, yeah or Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation? I mean, what is it? It sounds like that's how it was. The couple's homeowner insurance provider, Mercury Insurance, told them that it would not cover the damages because a squirrel is a rodent, which is not covered under the policy. Had a raccoon destroyed the house, the damages would have been covered. So. Oh my gosh! There, Put some paint on do the not let any right here. Insurance companies will do anything to not pay a claim. Yeah, amazing. With all that excitement, here's the best thing: we can skip right to the beer tasting because we had the opportunity this afternoon, evening, to talk with Mikey Daniel. So that's who made up most of this podcast. We're basically taking the week off. Yeah, other than our, you know, us chatting with him earlier. But right. what do we have in the? Uh, what do we call right, this? Right now? To the beer we're going right to the beer tasting. We want everybody else go get yourself a bit. Hit pause. Nick, go get yourself a beverage or pull over or pull <laughs> over if you're, <laughs> if you're driving. Um, yeah, 
Uh, we are trying a sour from, where is that from? Buffalo Ridge Brewing in Hartford, South Buffalo Dakota. Ridge Brewing. It was brought to me by one Paul Rankin um, the other day. He said, try this out. They are a good good brewery over here in Hartford. And we had the chance to actually be part of our brew tour in the we, fall. Uh, we kicked off our brew tour there. Um, that was before I realized I like liked sours. So let's give this a taste test. It's simply named Sour, so that's... Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what you do when you walk into uh, Buffalo Ridge Brewing is... It, I think it's on Main Street, right? Main Street, Hartford? Yep, yeah. Main Street, Hartford. Give it a, give it a try, it's guys. It's a little old school building. It has a nice front patio to chill out if it's nice out. I can smell it. Yeah, by the way, boys, wow, that's going good. to Arizona, I did get my smell and taste back. I could smell things, so... So you're going to move to Arizona and leave us? I would love to do that, and I can just call you... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Yeah, not so fast. Oh, that's this. This is probably more sour than the last sour. We I had. like it. I'm giving it an eight. Wow, you're going way up there. This is. It's got a very summer feel to it. Like you'd be sitting out on that patio in Arizona drinking yeah. this sour. And that's what we need right now. Not this snowstorm that's coming, but we need some sun shining. People need to get outside. The smell actually smells almost like it's sweet. Like it has like a lot of berries and, but the taste is exact opposite. Sour, it gets you in the back of your little huh. man. Speaking of things that were sweet, I thought our interview with Mikey Daniel was sweet. I guess we'll have to let people know. Let's get to it. Coming at you right now. Hey everybody, uh, thank you for listening to the Hair Razor Podcast. Today we got something special for you. We have Mikey Daniel um coming to you we were uh we had the opportunity to uh to chat with him and we got mikey on the phone here today so uh thanks mikey for uh for coming in and uh visiting with us yeah without a doubt much pleasure so mikey uh let's go back you kind of had a unique uh path to the nfl draft um so coming from brookings uh moving down to img coming back to south dakota state university now with draft that's kind of being it's going to be unique in the way that uh, it's not going to be a normal draft in the way people can contact you. How about if we just go back to back when you were in Brookings, uh, what made you think of going to IMG and how it would help you uh, get to the spot in your life? You know, um, when you don't hear about too many athletes from Brookings or South Dakota um, making it make it to that bigger level and that's kind of what I wanted to do that was obviously a dream of mine and, and don't get me wrong there are cases here um, obviously Nate Gary out of Sioux Falls Dallas Goddard out of Britain you know there's def- there's plenty of cases um, but I felt like in order for me to reach my full potential um, I needed to expand and grow and that's what I that's what I did with my time at IMG um, it was a college preparatory school um, and just being around those guys and seeing how they train it just helped me um, you know just make my game and raise it and take it to another level. Um, so, you know, I went down there for my junior season, ended up coming back for my senior year, um, took Brookings to a state championship, the first one in 14 years. Um, we fell short in overtime by a point. But, you know, it's just the experience of being with the back home, you know, with my friends in front of playing in front of my family that um, I'll never forget. And that year was against, was that against Yankton? Yeah. yeah. And that was right there on the two-yard line going in to the end zone, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, man. That was a heck of a game. I remember that now <laughs> you mention it. Ryan has a wealth of... Uh, Ryan used to work for Midco, so he always... I mean, he's got a pretty good idea of keeping track of high school sports. So when you were down at ING then, 
what schools did you play when you were there for games? Like, did you play national schools all over, or was it just like schools down in Florida? Um, so like that was the first year program. Okay. Uh, like I said, the first year of the program history, and I actually had the first touchdown in the in the school's history. There you go. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I played with guys like Bo Scarborough, who now plays for the Lions. Um, that's my guy. Um, he had he had plenty more touchdowns than me that year, and so some of uh, you know all the guys um, after me. But I had the first one, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, nobody can take that away from you. Exactly. <laughs> but um, with it being the first season, we we didn't play a national schedule at that time. Um, it was just Florida schools, which still playing in Florida is is a different ball game. Um, you know, there's talent everywhere. Um, and so that was just a really cool experience for me. Yeah, I mean, I would assume you're playing teams out of Miami, Jacksonville. I mean, those big schools, I mean, there's major talent down in those schools, even though they're, I mean, they're just regular big high schools. Without a doubt. Um, you know, we played down in Miami. We played up in Jacksonville. Jacksonville trained Christian, actually. They had, like, six or six to ten guys, I want to say, get drafted within the last couple of years from the team that I had played. Um, you know, they they were they're very good, very solid all over. Um, so much speed down there, and it's just kind of unmatched. Yeah, and that's why, you know, you chose to go down there and challenge yourself. Who was the head coach down there at IMG? Was Chris Winkie down there? Yeah, I had Chris Winkie. Yeah. Um, obviously, he won a, the husband at Florida State. Um and then he's now with Tennessee the Volunteers as a, I don't know what he does for them, but I know he's on their coaching staff somewhere. Sure, I'm kind of a backdoor Knowles guy too, so I, I remember him down there and I remember him kind of starting <laughs> that program. But So you go down to IMG, come back to South Dakota State University, you come back home, and now go into those years. I mean, you've had some amazing talent around you, some amazing individuals. Uh, you got a coach that was there when I was there, it was his first year, and you know, talk a, bit, a little bit about your South Dakota State days. Yeah, I had a really interesting uh, experience at South Dakota State. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. Many people don't even know probably, but I, I recently walked on to South Dakota State. Um, came in as a freshman. I was like eighth on the depth chart. You know, the bottom of the bottom. Um, you know, I just worked and I worked and I worked. And by the next season, I you know I made an impact. Got a scholarship as, as a redshirt freshman. Um, kind of became who I was in that year and what I mean by that is taking on the role short yardage, goal line, top of running back um, but you know, having that experience has kind of helped me become who I am today just, um, like I said, starting at the bottom was a very humbling experience and just a really cool opportunity um, and back in the day I probably would have been embarrassed to talk about it but it's, it's just who I am it's, what I, it's just kind of speaks volumes to you know, what I've been able to do so as a as a true freshman, were you scout team player of the year? I thought I had read that in your in your bio with SDSU. Um, I wasn't the scout team player of the year. I had one uh, scout team player of the week. Okay, there, okay. Um, but no, I wasn't. I think it was Adam Anderson, maybe uh, wide receiver. Well, there was a lot of there was a lot of good freshmen in that in that room when you were there. I mean, we could see it from everybody that graduated this year. I, Mikey, and I have one thing in common. I had scout player of the week once. I was, I was Klein Saucer from UND. I don't know if it was body type or what. Yeah. So so your time at SDSU then, I mean, like you said, you went from being, you know, a non-scholarship, earning a scholarship, which, I mean, that's a big deal to earn that scholarship. But then to be a major, major player on this football team for really the past three years. I mean, when we needed touchdowns and we were close – 
I mean, you were the one getting the ball. Yeah, um, and that was kind of hard, you know. Obviously, when you're as a competitor, you want to be the guys on the field, um, and just kind of understanding and being comfortable with my role, I'll say. Um, in order to have a successful team, which we did, you know, I was part of some amazing teams at South Dakota State. Um, obviously, with all the talent we had, Dallas Goddard, Taryn Christian, Jake Winnicky, you know, Brady Mangarelli, you know, the, the, there's so many players that I was surrounded with. Um, so just everyone knowing their role and, and doing their role the best of their ability, that's what made us thrive. And, I, and you know, that's what I had to figure out um, in return during my time at South Dakota State was knowing that, hey, I'm not going to get a body player, you know, um, I might not even be the starting running back week to week, but I'm going to find a way to get onto the field, and that's what I was able to do. Yeah, and, you know, you've, I mean, we I've talked about the stable of running backs at South Dakota State for the last five, six years. You know, you mentioned Mangarelli and, you know, Isaac Wallace and all these guys. But it also, as a running back, you know, you look around the room and see how awesome these guys are. It, you know that you're okay sacrificing some time and plays for some really great running backs or really great people, you know. So in that situation, you know, when your number's called, you got to just think, I'm going all out, right, big guy? Without a doubt. I mean, like I said, I knew my role, and um, I knew what I had to do to make this team click. Um, whether that was going up, lining up, making a block for Pierre or CJ, I do it every time um, because that's just – that's just what needed to be done, and I and I started to love and really enjoy doing it. Um, and if roles were reversed, they, they wouldn't mind going out and making a block for me either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I learned a lot from Luke Sutters being a, a guy that he was always blowing people up for me to score touchdowns. Um, you know, he was always always grinding, always working, um, always had a good attitude about it. Even though his, he wasn't in the line, but you know what I mean. He wasn't getting the ball, he wasn't scoring touchdowns, but he was selfless and. And so positive all the time, and I just really learned and grew so much from him to help me develop to who I became. So, so out of all that, all those memories, do you have one that stands out as a favorite memory of your time at SDSU? Uh, on the field, obviously, just the beating at NDSU at home was was amazing. Um, you know, I was part of a team that beat um, NDSU two consecutive rows or two consecutive years. Um, so that's kind of. You know, a testament to, our, like I said, our program, our guys, um, and the fact that we're right up there. Um, you know, we, we, did, we didn't finish in the playoffs like we should have, but we took this this program to a level it's never seen. Um, and so that was definitely my, my moment that I'll never forget. But obviously having a college game this season was incredible. Um, obviously we fell short, but it was just an amazing opportunity and experience. Hey, I was just watching that game the other night because I have a lot of time on my hands and, and it was a very good game. Um, and you had a heck of a game that game. I mean, I, I, you know, rewatching that because we sit in the stands and we're out there cheering, you know, sometimes we just don't always remember, you know, every single play. So that's why me going back and watching that game, I thought you played a heck of a game. Pierre played a heck of a game. Um, the offense line, Heidi, I mean, Heidi coming in in the fourth quarter was really nothing short of amazing of how well he played in that game and then the rest of the year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's both, it's both because, you know, you never know when your number's going to be called. You just never know. He had no, if you would have said, Hey, Keith, you're going to be going into this North Star State game, you know, college game day, uh, for the, the color marker, he would have, he would have laughed at you because you just never know. Um, and he came in, he responded well as a true freshman. He played big. He didn't play like a true freshman. Um, he has some mistakes naturally. 
and we all did. But the way that the guys were able to rally around him and kind of show him the support, uh, you know, he had to really grow up and mature a lot faster than maybe he would have anticipated. So, Mikey, you talk about selflessness. Now you're at the point of your career that, you know, you've been a stud running back, high school, college. Now they ask you to do a little change of scenery to the fullback role. I've seen you post some stuff on your uh, uh, Twitter account, you know, picking up some blocks. And What's that transition going to do for you? I know you like to hit. It's just taking on that hit is a little different than trying to avoid that hit. Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely different playing fullback and running back. Um, just had to, I spoke with James Conner while I was in Florida at IMG, actually. And he asked me, he said, um, why are you making the move from fullback or from running back to fullback? And I said to him, you know, there's opportunity for one. Um, there's a mark for it. I, I've become really close with CJ Hams, who has become a mentor to me. Um, obviously, the Minnesota Vikings fullback. But he, you know, we speak so much, and he's like, I'm telling you, there's a market for it. I've done it, um, and I think you can do it as well. So just kind of listening to him and understanding that there is a real market for it. And, you know, he just got a contract extension, like, last week. Um, yeah. So, you know, people are looking for fullbacks, athletic ones, like myself. I'm obviously not a generic fullback. Um, I'm a little more versatile. So that kind of, you know, helps me and um, shows that I'm able to do so many things for a team. Um, I don't mind making a block. I don't mind, you know, sometimes I think I'm going to be a short yardage guy. I think I'm going to be a third down guy. I think I'm going to be able to do a lot more than just block. Um, I'm going to be a mismatch because of my skill set and my ability to run the ball as well as receive and, and do all those things. So um, that's kind of really sparked the attention of a lot of a lot of teams around that. So. Yeah, that was, uh, so you bringing up C.J. Ham. that was something I had written down as uh who would you compare yourself to? And C.J. Ham was one of those guys. So um, your ability to have those connections and you know and talk to him and understand what that change is about. Because I mean he was a he was a beast at Augustana as a running back and got handed the ball and then to make that switch. But now you know now he's getting paid, like you said. Yeah, um, and like I said, he, he's become an all you know basically an older brother, a, a good mentor to me um, and helping me develop. Um, he's he's constantly, you know, praying for me. We pray for each other. Um, but just just the way I saw him um, really kind of take over and and change the game of a fullback. You don't see guys. You don't. I mean, they're still they're still out there, but you don't see guys that's two hundred sixty pounds just going to run downhill, blow up a linebacker anymore. You need guys that are able to do so many different things, and um, that's that's kind of why I was like, okay, well, there's a real opportunity for me to do this at the next level. That's a dream. Um, whether I'm playing running back or not, that's still a dream is to play at the next level. Um, and this has given me an opportunity to, to really do that. No, absolutely. So going back to your pro day, I mean, that's a little bit different than what everybody expected. I mean, everybody expected to be up at the S-Jack with, uh, with probably Christian Rosenbaum and Ryan Erith and uh, some of the other guys. Uh, I think Brandon Snyders was even going to come back and be a part of it from what I had seen on, on the, the Twitter. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, we aren't involved, you know, in the inside. How did you feel about your pro day? Because to us, it looked like you had a very good pro day. Um, but what was the feedback that you got? Um, my trainers and everybody were very, very pleased with um, the numbers I was able to, to produce that day. Um, and, and I was extremely happy with it. I had, came, I had come in with some goals. Um, 
and I surpassed every one of them. And so um, that was just a big day for me. Uh, it's tough because their scouts were not, you know, obviously there and seeing it live in the person. So it's a, it's a little difficult. Um, but you can still, you know, we had camera crews and everything, and everything was recorded. Um, they can debunk anything in any way possible, but um, at the end of the day, the film will not lie. Um, so they were. That's what ING was kind of set on is making sure that they weren't able to to make something seem not realistic. Um, but you know, I, I, I was I ran a four six two. I jumped ten three in the broad, thirty seven inch vertical, um, twenty seven reps on the bench. So I mean, I tested <laughs> that, really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, was, obviously, that was just something that I had. I, I created a vision board after listening to Steve Harvey, um, and I've been down in Florida for the last few months now, and so I'll read that every morning and every night, um, and slowly but surely, you know, just, I started checking out the boxes, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm producing um, a lot, at a, a lot faster rate than I thought I was, um, and, and so, taking care of my body, obviously, was big for me, um, we had nutritionists at every, every meal, um, you know, just... If I was grabbing too many carbs, I'd be like, oh, you know, that's probably too many carbs, and I should put those back, grab some veg- vegetables, stuff like that. So, you know, everything was laid out at a specific time, too. So just nutrition was huge for me, um, and it really elevated and took my game to a new level. Um, also, my running backs coach down there, we would do we would do film and, and running back drills every week, um, drawing up plays, you know, just doing board work, stuff like that to get me ready for the NFL. It's a guy by the name of Ernest Beiner. Huh. Um, oh yeah, from the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, right? In Browns. Well, he was with the Browns. Um, okay. For the most of it, but yeah, he you know, had <laughs> a very, very successful career. He coached for plenty of years after that in the NFL too. You know, guys like Maurice Jones, Drew, um, Lendell White. You know, like there's so many, so many guys that he was coaching. Um, Clint Portis. Um, Something that um, he, he he has so much knowledge, and I was able to soak up so much. Or, uh, we became really close in my time at IMG. We still talk every day. So I've been back for almost uh, it'll be a week on Wednesday. Um, we still talk every day. We're either texting or on the phone. Um, and he's just helped me take my game mentally and physically really to a whole new level. So you have an atypical pro day. Um, I don't know if there's 100 people in the crowd or 10 people in the crowd or if it's a camera crew and the coaches. So after your pro day, you, you put this all out. I saw your crew put it all out, which the video looked amazing. I mean, the three-cone drill you kind of did was, I mean, you looked very quick. I mean, like you mentioned, 27 reps. That's huge. Um, so after the pro day, they, they announced this video. So now what happens to you? Do you? Does your agent start getting calls? Do you start setting up? And I, you don't have to go into specifics about the, the teams and all that, but say... Somebody wants to talk to you. Now, what is the next step? Um, yeah, so I've, I've, I've been in contact with some scouts and different teams, but mostly they go through my agent now at this point. Um, with the coronavirus, kind of messing a whole lot of things up. All the team business are canceled, um, which I was looking forward to. Um, but, yeah, those are all canceled now, so anything I'll do will be over FaceTime interviews or, or phone calls, um, and that will really start to um, – Increase as the weeks go on, getting closer to the draft. So probably looking around the second week in April, we really start to heat up. Um, but yeah, you know, my my agent's in contact with with teams you know every week, um, if not every day. Um, and, and some with same with the my trainers and and Coach Biner at, from IMG, they they're speaking with teams every day about me as well. Um, so just kind of pushing everything out there. 
um, obviously getting out my numbers and, and all that was was amazing. Um, got a lot more views on the on the my forty than I had anticipated. It was really helped. Um, got a lot of eyes and got you know got a lot of attention from scouts um, everywhere. Even if they don't necessarily take my forty time, you know they'll take the rest of it just because you you know you can see me clearly doing twenty seven reps and jumping thirty seven inches. You know they can so they'll take all those numbers. Um, I don't know that they'll take the forty, but at my position it's not as big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so I'm just. You know, kind of the draft is a month from yesterday. Um, that's when it starts, 23rd to the 25th. Um, so just kind of patiently waiting and just um, trying to stay in shape, finding gyms. Obviously, like I said, with the coronavirus, shutting a lot of things down uh, makes it a little trickier. But just trying to find ways to, to get the work that I needed um, done. So you, you mentioned an atypical pro day and what you're doing this spring as you wait for the draft and you wait to play at the next level. For the guys that are still part of SDSU and getting ready for the 2020 season, it's atypical for them as well. They're not going to have spring ball. What do you think the biggest impact for the guys getting ready for the fall of 2020 up in up in Brookings is going to be? Yeah, you know, thankfully the, the good part is it's, it's around the country. Um, so it's not like it's just SCSU not being able to do the spring ball, you know what I mean? Um, yep. But, so everyone's going to have the setbacks, but spring ball is a time to really – um, develop and grow your younger guys, find that supporting cast. You know, obviously every year you come in with your guys that you know are, are what they're capable of doing, but this is a time for the younger guys to really develop, um, find new leadership. Obviously with a bunch of seniors graduating from the year before, you're always looking for the new leadership. So that's going to hurt. Um, but they have it on the team. They have a lot of experience. Um, the defense doesn't lose a whole lot. You know, um, obviously losing Christian Roseboom is – is a lot in itself, but for the most part, everyone's back. Um, you know, so just finding the leadership and, and kind of developing the younger guys. Obviously, you're going to have a quarterback competition um, with how Keaton was able to play and with Jaboy getting hurt last season. So um, there's a lot of things that are up in the air, but uh, I think they'll adapt well, and, and when fall comes around, I think they'll be all right. All right. So we're going to end it on uh, three quick rapid-fire questions, unless Ryan or, or Eric has any more. And these are because my kids are bored. And we uh, we told them, I told them that we were going to have you on the podcast. So they And they're all big SDSU fans. I mean, they come to all the games. So these are just going to be three quick rapid-fire questions that they wrote on our board as homework the other day. All right. Are you ready? All right. So, when you were growing up, who was your favorite NFL team? Uh, Seahawks, Seahawks. The Seahawks. All right. Uh, what is your favorite color? Blue. Blue. And we knew that was going to be the answer. That's a but... softball toss. <laughs> but my one daughter, she just thought she had to ask it. And then my son would like to know, how much can you bench press? Um, I love to. My career at SJSU, I was sitting around probably 405. That's when I broke the record, um, the running back record at. But I think I'm sitting pretty close to about 450 right now. So 405, you have the record up in the in the weight room right now then? Yep. Who'd you break? Um, Sounds like the bar as much as the weight is he had on it. Uh, I cannot remember now for some reason. It was like 385 or three. 385 is what it was before, I think. Uh, man, I can't remember. It's, it's it, from oh, 2006. I remember that. It wasn't you, Ryan Knutson? Oh, God, no. <laughs> we, we, we had Ryan. Would it, would it have been uh, maybe Kyle Manette? He would no. have been. 
No? All right. Huh. I can see his face. I just can't put his name there now. <laughs> I have that all the time. I called uh, DeAndre Hopkins Denard Hopkins last week, so t- yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. I didn't know if you were going boxing or football. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, thank you, Mikey. We appreciate everything uh, everything you've uh, brought to SDSU, all the hard work um, in bringing this program to a uh, to another level and for the next group of guys to hopefully get it to that next level of winning that championship uh down in frisco because that's what uh that's what we will all want uh and and thank you for being on the podcast with us we really really do appreciate it you know you taking your time to to chat with us just just a bunch of homer fans is all we are who want to just keep i appreciate you guys taking the time to call me you bet mikey enjoy the next month buddy as i know in about next 28 days, uh, your life's going to change, and uh, just know that you'll have everybody rooting you on, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you after everything's settled down and you're an NFL player. With that, I appreciate it. Thanks, Mikey. Yep, thanks, Mike. All right. Okay, so once again, we'd like to thank uh, thank Mikey Daniel for uh, – for coming, you know, give it, taking the time to give us a call um, and wanting to be a part of of this podcast and just being a part of you know something that's helping to grow SDSU. I love the fact that he called me out on the fe- on my inability to know players. I mean, last week I wasn't sure if we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins, Denard Hopkins, Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins. I mean, if we were in the NFL, if we were talking boxing, I don't know. You were close though. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles guy is Byers. Yeah, not Biner. Biner, yeah, yeah. Biner, Byers. I'm, I'm just glad Mikey called me out on it. I, I appreciate that. Well, it sounds like Mikey's got a good support cast and uh, nutritionists and all that stuff. And it's amazing what, after college, if you have the opportunity to keep going, uh, what can happen when you put something 100% into what he wants. And if you go 25%, then you're drinking beer and in the... Yeah, highly lucrative, fast-paced world of podcasting. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he has surrounded himself and has connected himself with a lot of people who have given him probably a lot of very good advice, and and he can utilize that to hit the next level. And I I truly think that he has a very strong chance of of making it at the next level. I do too. And with you know, CJ Ham was right here in the back door, right here at Augustana, and you see him be a dominant dude, running back. I mean, we talked about Dude literally just got paid last yep. week. Okay. He got paid. He was a dynamic running back at Augie. And to have him go to Minnesota, put in the years, all of a sudden he gets a four-year 12 mil, that just shows you right there. If you have the mindset Mikey has, things are going to happen for him. Because I think he's more explosive. He's a bigger back. And I, I, don't, I don't know CJ's mentality. But, you know, we've watched Mikey for four years now and – you know, he's got the mentality. Yeah, he's got the abilities. He's got the athletic, God-given talent, mixed it with hard work, the right mind frame. I mean, he's he's going places. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you guys follow Mikey, uh, like a lot of us do, um, he won't talk about it. But, you know, there's a lot of teams, fan bases really liking these, uh, uh, we'll call it the uh, L.A. Bargers. Might have been one. It rhymes with a burger. Oh, <laughs> I know their fan base saw his tape and they really liked him. But no, who knows? It's a crap shoot. And remember, uh, Ryan, you're dealing with a couple of guys here who are the Nerd Bopkins. Yeah, we're a little slow. 
just a little slow. But no, I, I've I've been following a lot of the stuff that he's been doing. Uh, there's a lot of fan bases out there that they look like they're trying to put a little fullback mentality into their offenses again. I, just, I know spreads are big, and spreading it out with the with four wide receivers. But when you get down to it, you get playoff football. You need to have some headbangers yeah. in there. And his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, and he mentioned that. I mean, you you can't just be a dude who comes out and just just bowls people over i mean you have to have that but you also have to be able to you know take the football and run five ten yards you know when when needed to if if it's just a quick hitter and you need those yards and and a swing pass out of the backfield or you know just you know whatever play they design for him the ability to catch the football is going to be big and yeah. his speed i mean his 40 speed i thought was pretty good oh yeah for that size yeah absolutely that's, that's trucking I mean, that's a big boy. And the funniest thing is, if you go into the NFL drafts and look up top 10 uh, fullbacks, we have, SDSU has two guys sitting right there. They have Sellers and they have Mikey. So, I mean, there's a chance that two SDSU Jackrabbits, legends in the backfield, could be playing fullback in, uh, in the yeah. NFL this year. Yeah, so we thank him for uh, coming on. The other big thing is everybody knows what we're going through right now, but uh, if you can go out and support these local breweries, right? I mean, this is a pretty good beer. Absolutely. Um, so go out and support your local breweries. Go out and get you know takeout from from the shenanigans you know of the world, the gateways, you know all these other restaurants and bars that have had to close down. Try and support them as much as they as you can because this is we we are just in wild times. That's nuts. Yeah. It's so nuts. So get get your crawlers, growlers, whatever else they single contain them. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, and you don't have to rhyme them. It's a, it's a growler. Yep. <laughs> Aren't they? Well, never mind. Anyways, know. yeah. Go find go find a local brewery. Go support them. Uh, we'll all get through this through this together, and we will keep bringing That's you. That's right. Avoid the muskrats. Yep. Avoid the, and apparently people. Yeah. Who knows where they're coming from? Yeah. With that, we'll keep trying to bring you a solid podcast, even though we don't have a whole lot of sports to talk about. Go, hey, you know what? Go big. Go blue. Go Jacks. <laughs>